Creative Recovery is a community of artists, healers, activists, entrepreneurs, and anyone seeking to nourish a creative relationship to life. In this podcast, we explore creativity as an agent of healing and social change. I'm your host, Brenna, a writer, editor, and coach. Join me as I step into conversation with people of diverse backgrounds and identities committed to creative living. Are you feeling stuck, unfulfilled, or uninspired? Creative Recovery offers tools and practices to help you cultivate your authentic voice and support your mind, body, and spirit in service of creative aspirations. Whether you want to write a book, start a business, or cultivate more curiosity and compassion, the process of creative recovery will help anyone tap into their inner resources and live a life of presence and joy. Welcome to Creative Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Brenna. And today I want to talk about getting unstuck in the mind. So I'd like to explore the inner critic and limiting beliefs, two things that really keep us stuck. So to start off, what is the inner critic and where does it come from? How does it affect our lives and our self-expression? And how can we develop a healthier relationship to it? Where does fear come in? How is fear related to the inner critic? I'd like to share a quote that touches into some of those questions. It's by Carl Jung. He writes, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will control our lives and we will call it fate. Until we make the unconscious conscious, it will control our lives and we will call it fate. So the inner critic, limiting beliefs, negative beliefs, they often lead to negative outcomes. Another really powerful quote by Carl Jung is, we will become our opposite if we do not learn to accommodate the opposition within us. So if we allow the inner critic to run the show or we fight it, or we fight those limiting beliefs or we judge ourselves for having them, we'll become them. We'll become the opposite if we don't accommodate the opposition within us. And to me, that signifies the importance of compassion in this whole process of exploring the inner critic and limiting beliefs where they came from, what are they, etc. So I have a process that I take myself through when exploring the inner critic and limiting beliefs. And it's a process I call I-I-N-N. And it stands for identify, investigate, explore the need, and then nurture. So I'll go through each one of those and you can kind of follow along and think of your own limiting beliefs and inner critic voices and how you might explore them through through this process. So identify, write it down, get curious. What are the words of your inner critic? What is this voice telling you? What's the tone? And how do you feel when it surfaces? So that's identify. 
The next step is to investigate. Explore. Where did this voice come from? Is this your voice or is this the voice of somebody else that you've internalized? Is it the voice of your parents, teachers, society? Think about some basic human needs. Some basic human needs are acceptance, autonomy, celebration, nurturance, play, integrity. So humans have a lot of different needs. And this is kind of step three, is exploring the need behind the critical voice. So think of the voice as a child and ask it, Dear critical voice, my fearful child, what do you really want? And just create some space and see what arises from that inquiry. The voice may sound really mean at times, the critical voice, but it's ultimately protective. It's protecting you from facing some difficult emotions, such as rejection, disappointment. The voice often comes from a place of fear, but it limits us. So it's really important to kind of think of the voice in a compassionate way by trying to understand the need that's underneath this critical voice. And after exploring this IINN process, identify, investigate, explore the need and nurture, I'll take you through an example. So compassion is a really big part of this process of exploring the inner critic, limiting beliefs, and getting unstuck in the mind. Because we have to learn, as Carl Jung said, to accommodate the opposition within us. And the best way I have found to accommodate the opposition within us is to hold it in a space of compassion. So we can use the inner critic voice as an opportunity to cultivate self-compassion and to find our inner nurturer. So every time the inner critic arises, it can be an opportunity to cultivate our inner nurture. So rather than get angry at this voice that's limiting us, that's keeping us feeling crappy about ourselves, we can acknowledge it. We can acknowledge the protective nature of it and say thank you. We can ask it what it needs. We can acknowledge the unmet need beneath the voice, and we can try to see if we can give it what it needs. We can come from a place of love. So let's move through an example. And this is an example that comes up a lot for writers. And as I lead you through this example, you can think of one example that's relevant to your life if this one is not as relevant. So a lot of writers get writer's block. And really writer's block is is just inner blockage of some sort. And a, a lot of times it's connected to the inner critic. So really understanding that's inner, inner critic is, is very helpful in moving through writer's block. So one thing that can come up for a writer, you sit down to write, you 
you have your tea by your side, and then you just can't can't write. Nothing comes to mind. And you sort of pause to identify what's going on. And you realize that there's a voice telling you you don't have anything important to say. And it stops you from writing. So you write that down. You identify it. Okay, this voice is telling me I don't have anything important to say. And then you start to investigate it. Is is this my voice? You know, whose voice is this? And maybe it's not your voice. Maybe it's one of your parents' voices or one of your teacher's voices or a voice from society telling you that you don't matter because you're a woman or because you're X, Y, and Z identity. So you've identified the voice, you've investigated that it's not your voice, and it's coming from something society is telling you. And then you start to think about what does this voice actually need? What's the need behind this voice? What is it trying to protect me from? And you think, okay, this voice that's trying to keep me quiet, that's telling me I don't have anything important to say, is maybe trying to protect me from rejection, from saying something and having it be rejected. So the need behind this fear of rejection is wanting to be accepted, just a basic human need of wanting to be accepted. So now that I understand that need, I can ask my voice, what does it really want? What, what do you, what can I, how can I be this, this accepted? How can I be, how can I be the person that's accepting you? How can I be my own gift of acceptance? Because if I don't understand what, how I can meet my own needs, the inner critic will often run the shell. The needle stay unmet and the limiting belief and the, the inner critic will, will run the shell. And that's worse because you, you, you won't speak your truth and you'll stay silent. So the benefit of speaking your truth outweighs the possibility of being rejected from others and being hurt. So you can tell your inner critic, you can tell this voice that what you have to say, what I, you know, inner critic, what I have to say is, is more important than the hurt of rejection. So the fear of the hurt of rejection is worse than the actual rejection. It, it, it's really holding me back in speaking my truth. So how can I nurture this voice that's so afraid of being rejected? So I asked myself that question and maybe with some regular journaling, maybe just familiarizing yourself with your own voice and just letting it flow freely without any kind of censorship. So regular journaling can be a great way of nurturing that need of being being accepted and 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 sort of 
holding that fear of rejection in a space of compassion, being your own gift of acceptance, journaling. Maybe you start a blog. Because journaling is often quite private. And so maybe you start a blog and you basically journal and share it with a few friends. You know, a few compassionate, loving friends that you trust. That can be a great way of bit by bit facing that fear of rejection and nurturing your voice in a way that feels safe. Maybe you move from blog to social media posts. So maybe you're sharing some of your voice with more people than just a few close friends. But maybe those posts, you know, they're just a paragraph. Maybe you do them a couple times a week. So there's these different ways that you can become your own gift of acceptance for this voice that's so afraid of rejection. So that's really the process of getting unstuck in your mind and freeing yourself from the inner critic and from the limiting beliefs that come from what the inner critic is telling you. Identify investigate, explore what is the need behind this critical voice, and then how can you nurture yourself? How can you be your own gift of acceptance? Give yourself what you need. Use the inner critic as an opportunity to cultivate your inner nurture. Thank you. I hope this process helps you and frees you to speak your truth. Thanks for tuning in to Creative Recovery. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast or my coaching and workshop offerings, please visit brennacoaching.com or DM me on Instagram at brenna.ef. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review. It helps grow this community and serve more people. Thanks for joining me on this creative journey of discovery and transformation.